Hey, Pee-wee. Yeah, what? You going to be in this Christmas video or what? We're talking MTV's Christmas video segments. Hit it. It was the 1980s. John Landis directed Michael Jackson's thriller video. Steve Barron directed the video to AHA's Take On Me at Kim's Cafe. And the MTV VJs and crew had a party in a series of in-house videos to popular Christmas songs. I'm your host, Jerry D, with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Joining me are two Totally Rad Christmas all-stars. My first guest you'll know from the episodes on The Bengals, Leon Redbone, Santa 85, and Night of the Comet from the Holly Jolly Xmasu podcast. It's Scott Leopold. Scott, how's it going? Hey, Jerry. It's going well. <laughs> right on. Always great to hear and great to have you. You've heard my next guest on the A Very Special Christmas episode from the Sounds of Christmas podcast. It's Ken Kessler. Ken, what's happening? Rad stuff, Jerry. Rad <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> How are you all doing today? Good, good, good. How are you? You know, it's been uh, it's been a fun day. I, I got to be with the kids and and just kind of take some downtime and uh, watch some crazy MTV videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these take me back. They, yes, yeah. There's um the monkeys one especially, and and we'll get into it. But the monkeys one especially was yeah. uh just pure nostalgia for me. Everything about it. I remember watching the the TV show and uh, and then. You know, seeing this video and and remembering that Mike doesn't come out till the very end. Spoiler alert! Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It it just it got me. uh, I just I remember it all. It was amazing. (laughs) But before we dive in, what do you all remember about MTV? Or like, what's your experience with MTV? And we we did not get it at launch. Uh, It didn't hit our area until a couple months later. So we heard about it, Mm -hmm. and we heard people talking about it, and we were just so excited. And um, gosh, off the top of my head, I forget what the first video was that I saw, but my brother stayed up late the night that it launched in our area. So when I woke up for school the next day, he had already seen a bunch of videos. And um, first thing I did when we came downstairs, just boom, turned it on MTV. And we just watched videos the entire time we we're getting ready for school. So <laughs> nice. that's awesome. Yeah. And that, that started like a probably 10 to 15 year battle with uh, my dad in particular about <laughs> often we could have MTV playing. <laughs> I understand. What about you, Ken? We didn't, we didn't get MTV on our cable system uh, when it launched, but I was in North Carolina and there was a lot of, I want to say backlash because nobody knew really what it was, but there was a lot of talk that it was violent and that it was bad images and you know uh, to the point where people were afraid to watch it oh wow and i remember i remember going out with a bunch of my friends in high school um for a beach weekend and they had mtv where we were staying 
and their commissar came on. And that's <laughs> not a violent video. No. <laughs> but it was on the radio. So we all got hooked that weekend. Nice. <laughs> yeah. See, they, and, they didn't show the bad stuff till after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that first year or so, if, if you stayed up past midnight, you'd you'd see some interesting things. <laughs> <laughs> see, and I I don't remember when I first saw it. Uh, I don't think we got it at launch either. Um, being in you know South Texas, where we're predominantly Hispanic, but I know we had it for sure by by eighty two. Um, I do recall later on, of course being scared out of my mind from the thriller video when they turned into zombies i i I was just terrified and my little brother who um is you know younger than i am and he was just like yeah it's fake no big deal and i was just like so scared and and like that stayed with me until i think like the early 90s i just i couldn't deal with that thriller video even though i saw so many other terrible things like you know robocop and (laughs) <laughs> all sorts of things like that, you know, where the guy melts. And and for some reason, though, that the zombie and those uh, Michael Jackson zombie just terrified me. But yeah, I remember watching it. The videos were amazing. You know, uh, it's one of those where I, we would just sit with our dad and, and watch videos for, I mean, it had to be like a, at least a couple of hours. And we just kind of all enjoyed the music, you know, uh, back when they just actually showed videos and and didn't have a ton of shows, although we did like the Weird Al, uh, the Weird Al bits in there. <laughs> <laughs> Those are always our favorite, I think. <laughs> yeah, when they when they started off, it was like a bunch of a bunch of my friends, maybe a bunch of my older friends. It was like they had taken over a cool radio station. Yeah, messing around. All of the VJs were like friends. We we you know you knew their names mm-hmm. and. It was and it was a lot of fun. It really was. And and they were all. Yeah, you're right. They were so relatable. Um, I mean, and who didn't have a crush on Martha Quinn? Uh, right. you know. <laughs> Nina, who? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, they just they made it cool to watch videos and they all kind of had their own little personalities, you know, um, and it just it made it interesting to, to just sit and 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 watch these videos and have fun. And I like that. You're right. It was, it was basically like a, a, a friend saying, Hey, have you heard this record? And then, you, you know, putting yeah. on, putting on a tune or, or two. And so it was really cool. There's several videos that always stick out. I'm sure in all of our minds, of course, thrillers being the most iconic. Uh, I mentioned aha at the top because that's another one that everybody remembers. Um, but what are some of the videos that you might, um, that, that come to mind when you think of MTV? Blue Jean, David Bowie. Oh, I was about yeah. to say that <laughs> it yeah. was it was a long and the thing that I think anybody who didn't grow up with MTV probably can't identify with is that they used to have um, a graphic on there to let you know when they were going to play it again. Blue Jean coming up in 20 minutes or something oh. like that. So so you knew it was it was on the way. I mean, now you watch whatever you want, whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they they hyped the premiere of that one for yeah. for what months. So, right. I mean, they they were interviewing people who worked on it. They're talking to Bowie about it. So it was a huge event. And I remember, uh, it, I think it premiered in the afternoon. And I just remember rushing home and having my you know my my VCR ready. And it was just so exciting because they had just hyped this thing to the moon. Yeah. Well, and didn't it feel like? 
in general, like MTV was made like for us, like not really yeah. for, yes. for our parents or anything. It like it was it was ours, our stuff, you know, uh, and, mm-hmm. and I think that just made it more special. And and that's why I liked it so much. Although, uh, yes, we would watch it with our dad, too. But, you know, there were times where he wasn't there and uh, we would just turn it on because we have we got home from school. We'd have a snack and we'd watch some MTV, you know, <laughs> so, usually some cookies or chips or something, something terrible like Doritos or, you know, something bad for you. But <laughs> yeah. back, when, back when we could eat them and <laughs> not have to worry. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, did you all remember? Christmas videos on MTV like one of them I remembered or two of them I really really remembered but I didn't realize that they had that these were like in-house videos until recently um, I'd completely forgotten I just thought those were like the videos to these songs but I didn't realize there were like six in particular in-house MTV you know videos and and that just kind of blew my mind and 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 watching these again now in 2022 it's mm-hmm. It's okay. It's obvious, but it, it's obvious these are all in-house, done probably the same over the same weekend or this. But at the time, <laughs> yeah. they were all separated, and they would pop up whenever. Right, and it was just like, oh, this is so cool that that Billy Squire stopped by the MTV studios and did this. Yeah, and then later, oh look, Brian Adams did too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they. But you watch them all back to back to back and you're like, OK, here's all the same people in the crowd. And yeah, and all. but but it was it was really cool that these people were and, and they were our artists, just like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. MTV was for us. You know, it was it was our our singers, our rock groups, George Thorogood, you know, stopping by our show on MTV yeah. to sing a Christmas <laughs> song for us. This wasn't this wasn't Andy Williams. No, no, no Perry Como anywhere. Right. Well, in all of them, I think Billy Squire. I I, I think that video probably had the longest legs. I remember seeing I think that so too. Yeah. Every year, a couple others, you know, they they play them again. But uh, a couple of these, well, John Anderson. I think the first time I saw it was when you sent us the links for this. Same um, here. That one I completely don't remember at all. Yeah. And uh, that's an interesting one. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll get into it. <laughs> um, and, and like Joe King Carrasco, mm-hmm. he uh, talk about a flash in the pan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember them hyping the heck out of him. I, I think they really wanted him to be, you know, a homegrown star. Yeah. And um, it, it, I, when I when I watched this video again, I recalled it, but I don't remember, you know, actually seeing it at the time. Right. Um, it, I I do remember seeing Party Weekend quite a bit and seeing some of his commercials. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Party Christmas, I it it, it just kind of came and went. Yeah, it, I had no memory of that at all. Yeah, I didn't. Be, came on. That's the I other one. Like, I oh, completely I same. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I and I knew of him vaguely because you know I'm from Texas, so Tex Mex, you know, the but also like he has this weird combo of Tex Mex and New Wave that, that we'll get into in a little bit. But uh, I, I mean, again, I completely didn't remember the video at all, that's for sure. And the song, I don't recall either. It's um, apparently it was never actually released, it's only released on like a reel to reel 
uh, is what I what I've discovered, and it was just sent out specifically for this, and that's it. So I've reached out to him, but uh, he hasn't gotten back to me. So it might be too little, too late, I think. But <laughs> see, and I, I didn't even know about the real real. I searched like crazy a few years ago trying to find like an official release of uh, Party Christmas, and it. It just doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. No, at all. So yeah, MTV launched August 1st, 1981 at 12.01 a.m. And of course, the words that uh, those iconic words, ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. And we got the theme from, uh, I believe it was Jonathan Elias and John Peterson playing that, you know, that classic, you know, I mean, just as soon as you hear it, you see the the astronaut and, you know, everything just comes back, just flooding back on on the moon. I mean, it was a it was fantastic. But uh, it's not like the first time really that uh, of music videos had 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 their a place you know they, they there was pop clips that mike nesmith uh, kind of pioneered and a few other things um music video tv i think was another one but this was like the first like long just specifically designed for videos to be played you know uh in perpetuity and i think that's kind of what made it special and I, it was really sad to me when they sold it in, well, I think like 86 or 87, something like that to a different company. And then they started changing the format a lot and we started seeing less videos and uh, more shows. And then of course, in the late nineties, we started seeing all shows and yeah, that kind of broke my heart a bit. Cause I remember like their top 10 or their top 20 that they would do. And then every new year's Eve, they do like the top 100 videos of the year. And oh, yeah, I mean, those were all so much fun and then they just kind of stopped. And, and so that was a big bummer for me. Well, it, you have to imagine it, it had to have had a big impact on the music industry because when, when we were watching videos all the time, you know, something new would come on and they would play it like crazy and you had to go out and get the tape. You had to go get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, a lot of my uh, music budget was dictated by what I was seeing on MTV. Nice. And when, you know, when, when it switched to reality TV, it it just, I didn't have that outlet to find new music anymore. Yeah, well, and Ken, you were um, you were working as a DJ, weren't you? You were working at a radio station at this by the by the late eighties. I was uh, college radio when MTV was really exploding, and and that was a lot of fun. I remember one guy at the college station where I worked who was very anti MTV and all the video stuff, and he said it was unfair to artists that weren't necessarily visually appealing because he was talking about like. <laughs> Steve Miller from the Steve Miller band, not a handsome guy, great yeah. music, but, and it's true when MTV came along and exploded, the Steve Miller band sort of faded away at least for, for a little while, but yeah. there were probably lots of, there were probably lots of artists that, you know, that, that sort of drifted away while, while the prettier artists were on TV and we were all watching them. And and that's a good point, because later on, uh, you know, we start to see like a, a big shift into it's not just about the voice. It's not just about the talent. It's like you got to have the whole package, physical appearance and everything. 
Right. And so that becomes like a huge factor in how getting people signed uh, in the first place. So you're right. That that's definitely kind of a, <laughs> you know, I guess video really did kill the radio star, but uh, in, in this case, uh, I, I think overall it, it seems like it did quite a, a bit for a lot of other folks. You know, I, I can imagine that you'd have to play a lot of the popular songs that were, um, that were really hip and trendy on MTV at the time. And I think that I, I, I don't agree with this guy who said that it was going to, you know, that the, the artists that weren't pretty enough weren't going to get played because there were plenty of artists who thought outside the box. You had Dire Straits with um, Money for Nothing, and <laughs> they're hardly in that video at all. It's animated. Yeah. And Peter Gabriel did some crazy stuff <laughs> where he's not. Yeah. Where yeah. he's not really there. Um, so you just had to you just had to think differently to to get your stuff on there. Or uh, what was it? Uh, Herbie Hancock and Rocket. That's another mm-hmm. one. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a cool video, man. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> well, and I, I yeah. think it's interesting how, you know, Hall and Oates, they'd been making music videos since 72, 74. Right. And they were, you know, they were the first really big MTV superstars. I mean, they I, I think they caught on to it just because of what they had been doing previously. Mm-hmm. And um, it, at least in those first few years, I think they benefited from it more than just about anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I and they actually have a, you know, a Christmas song that uh, would have been cool to see them do a video for, uh, you know, one of these in-house ones to show up and just kind of sing with some of these guys mm-hmm. here. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so from 81 to 86, uh, and, and we'll talk about some of the other just Christmas videos that they played on MTV, like, uh, you know, Last Christmas and, and you know, Band-Aid and all those. But but in general, um, or, or I, I want to kind of focus a little bit first on, on these specific ones that we that I sent you. So from 81 to 86, every year they'd have the VJs would gather with a lot of the cast and crew um, and they would pick a particular artist and they would record this video. It usually was just kind of them in like a party type setting there in the studio and, and the artist would be, you know, lip syncing to their song and, and that's about it. (laughs) But some of these artists, uh, some of them, I, I, of course I recognize Billy Squire. I've seen him in concert. Uh, You know, we have Brian Adams, who's like, you know, super famous, Uh, the monkeys, which is like kind of their, their comeback really. Um, But then we have folks like, uh, or you mentioned George Thorogood, but then we have folks like Joe King Carrasco, who um, I, like I said, I vaguely knew about him, but uh, like, that's about it. I, I sh- probably should know him more, but I, I didn't. Uh, and then we had John Anderson, who uh, my brain didn't connect, you know, when I was younger, didn't connect that he used to be the lead singer of Yes. It, it just, it didn't put two and two together, but, you know, not really something you'd expect. Uh, you know, you'd think maybe like Madonna or, or, you know, someone a little bit bigger, like you said, Hall and Oates. And so their choice was uh, of artists was, was really interesting. Now, some of them I get because like Billy Squire had released that, you know, in 81, uh, same thing, George Thorogood released that uh, rock and roll Christmas in 83. So, you know, that makes sense. It's a brand new record. Go ahead. Let's promote it. Come to the studio. But again, like Joe King Carrasco, uh, I mean, 
why or or the monkeys in 86 i mean it uh you know they didn't have a new album or at least that i can find a, a new single to promote at the time so it just kind of made me made me wonder why the choice on some of these what do y'all think well with the monkeys you know that's when they were they they're getting ready for the new monkeys to come on the air the new monkeys came on a few months later Mm. So you had the monkeys. So that makes sense. Then, yeah. Push like crazy. Yeah. yeah. The, I forget if it was MTV or VH1. One of the two of them uh, around this time, they ran like a 48 hour monkeys marathon. So, you know, you had uh, the monkeys. They, I mean, they were all over the place. It, it might've what might've been like the 20th anniversary of the show hitting the air. I'd have to go back and check that. But um, yeah, there was a huge wave of monkeys nostalgia at the time. Mm. Yeah, it was it was MTV. They did a huge marathon for the monkeys. And it was just one of those weird, quirky things that MTV used to do. And I remember when they were promoting it and I was in college and we were all excited about it. And we everybody came over to my apartment and we turned on MTV and we watched episode after episode of the monkeys. (laughs) And they became they became a thing again. They went out on tour. Um, and it was all because of MTV. Yeah, because they had, uh, I think they had like talked or like they had performed separately for a bit. They, you know, a few of them, you know, Davy Jones had a few albums, I think. And uh, I mean, they really had kind of died down. And then all of a sudden they tried to get back together. And uh, I think it was at this point that Mike even joined them for a bit before he, he again, you know, left them. Well, in this video, it was the first time he'd been with he had been the with other them, three yeah. in, mm-hmm. and I forget how long, but that, that was one of the most exciting things about the video was he was there, yeah. up there at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. The whole time he just got those big old glasses. Uh, he's in a Santa suit, so you can't see his face at all. <laughs> and then at the very, very end, he takes it off and you're like, Oh, he was there the whole time. <laughs> you know, it, it amazed me that they did the monkeys thing that we're talking about was uh, a medley video. It's like four or five, six minutes long. Right. Right. All these different Christmas songs. And it, it just amazed me as hot as they suddenly were that the record label didn't go, let's get this out there as a Christmas single this year. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a hit. It would have been a huge hit. You're right. Because um, I remember after that, I mean, like you said, there was a big wave of monkeys stuff. So, I mean, I guess you're right. That, that does make sense why they'd choose them, but why they wouldn't capitalize on it. it I'm thinking it's probably just because of rights, a rights issue. Maybe they, they could have had the uh, performing rights for that, you know, or TV rights, something. But uh, I mean, because they have that John Lennon song in there, you know. Right. So that was a surprise <laughs> that they covered that because I don't think. I don't remember anybody else having covered that at that point, right? Five or six years after he was killed. Right. I don't remember anybody else covering that song. I don't either. Yeah. And then the monkeys cover it. It's a surprise. (laughs) The the monkeys who are supposed to be kind of like the American Beatles, I guess. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just go ahead and jump right in. So let's start, and we kind of have already, but let's let's start with 1981 and Billy Squire. This one is is odd because it's it's almost like they're just on risers. It's it's just a bunch of the cast, the crew, the VJs, everybody. Uh, so we got Nina Blackwood, you know, Mark Goodwin, Alan Hunter, uh, JJ Jackson, and Martha Quinn, and Billy Squire's just sitting kind of on a stool with his um, hollow body electric guitar just right in the middle. 
and he just starts singing and it's like the big gang vocals and we have a you know martha's next to a, a girl i don't know who it is but a girl in a santa suit and uh i mean they just look like they're having fun just singing along to the song and of course billy is you know playing quote unquote and eventually they all kind of get up and just start dancing and christmas is a time to say i love you That's that's really the the whole song, but do y'all uh, what do y'all think of the song in general? It's far and away one of my favorite okay. Christmas rock songs. Yeah, and I don't know if I saw the premiere of the video, but I saw it shortly thereafter at mm-hmm. the very least, and it just it it blew me away. I'm, I mean, it, it you know nine year old me, this was you know the coolest thing on earth. Yeah, um, yeah, so I, it. It's been it's been one of my favorite Christmas songs since the first time I saw the video. Nice. What about you, Ken? Yeah, it's one of my favorites, too. And I remember arguing with somebody about whether um, it was the MTV version of it with him performing, that that's what the record was. They recorded that and they put the single out and they said, well, where's the rest of his band? (laughs) I mean, there's no band there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no band. There's just him. He's right. not always playing that guitar. Sometimes he's just holding it. Right. But the music keeps going. It's just it's just a fun party Christmas thing. Yeah. It's like a mini Christmas episode that's on MTV. But it was, you know, it. but it was fun. And yeah. it was one of those Christmas things that, you know, we've already said how this was for us. But it was like this was a thing that was that was for us. Our the, the next generation up wouldn't get it. Right. <laughs> and I love his sweater, though. He's got like a, a crazy, uh, you know, 80s, late 70s, early 80s sweater with it. It's kind of gray, but it's got like a, a yellow, I don't know, almost V on the top. It's uh, it's 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 out there. Um, not quite as out there as some of Bill Cosby's sweaters, but it's definitely. <laughs> but And this is way before ugly Christmas. Sweaters. This is way before. Yeah, they were a thing. See, and I, I saw an interview, I think, with Martha Quinn, and she talked about just how nuts all the women at the studio went when he came in. And I guess they were all just so starstruck by Billy Squire. But I, I've got a friend who met him, I think, in the like early 2000s. And you know, he, he's one of those guys, real, you know, man's man and whatnot. And he goes, he goes, I got to tell you, he is one of the prettiest human beings you will ever meet. <laughs> I I saw him in concert in uh, 98. And uh, so he was touring. It was like a big festival. It was like him and Blue Oyster Cult, uh, Styx and Bad Company and Survivor. And he was very good on guitar. But he did a lot of like he'd put the the guitar down a lot and he kind of strut around the stage with like his arm, you know, like when you have your arms crossed, except he'd have them like crossed up on top like that above his head. And uh, it was just odd whenever he did that. It was like, okay, well, it's pretty good. But then he'd get back on guitar and he'd play some leads and you're like, man, this guy can play like just like just play and sing because you sound amazing. There's no need to to do any strutting, man. Everybody's into you. (laughs) But it was a pretty good show. It, <laughs> it was definitely a good show. 
Yeah, the video, like I said, it's not really much. It's mostly just everyone kind of gets up and starts dancing and then they end it. That's that's really this first one. I don't remember seeing it in 81. I do remember seeing it a few Christmases later. So um, I think it was definitely one that they had often in their rotation. And it kind of reminds me of the uh, Christmas episode of uh, Moonlighting when they do the sing along at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The the first one. uh, (laughs) Oh, gosh, I don't even remember the name now. Um, But yeah, I know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So that was 81 in 82. That's when they got, you know, uh, Joe King Carrasco, who um, he had an album called Nuevo Huevo. And it's it's weird because it's it's like new wave meets like Tex-Mex. So it's it's like um like the Hano music. He'd take some of those upbeats, you know, uh, on or those hits on two and four, and he combined it with like the melodies and, and harmonies of New Wave. And it's this really strange mix that for some reason I'm really into. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I heard the song and I don't recall the song at all, but I was like, this is quirky and and fun and it's like just the right mix of of everything to to make me kind of dig it although his outfit is something else (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's got like this it's candy cane stripe you're just just uh striped red and white sweater it's this oversized sweater and his pants uh have like vertical stripes instead of the horizontal and it's like red pink and white it's uh it's kind of odd, but the thing that I loved about it is his whole bit is that, you know, he calls himself Joe King. And so he's always usually wearing a crown or, or some sort of crown. And so on the Santa hat, you can see little like a little crown that, that he put on the brim of the Santa hat. So I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> I had I had no memory of him or of this song. And I, I played it and and you watch and, you know, all the MTV VJs and and all the other people that were there are so into it and they're having a great time. And I'm just yeah. looking at this. I'm like, it's not like it's a bad song. It, it's just that like, God, everybody is so into it. And I was aware of music and stuff when this came out, but no memory of it. At <laughs> Same <all>. here. <laughs> I, I didn't have any memory of them really until when I was trying to find this a few years ago and I looked up some of his old MTV commercials and I sat there and I think I watched him for about an hour. And as I was watching those, I was like, okay, now I remember. You could definitely um, go down a rabbit hole with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just him doing kind of like parting, you know, going through the crowd, doing this, this crazy dance. I, I don't really know exactly what he's doing. I don't even know if there's a name for this dance. <laughs> and he's just singing the song, but he's got his band there, which is kind of cool. So the drummer doesn't have the full kit, of course. He just has the, you know, the little snare set up. And then he's got his keyboard player on like this little mini, almost like a toy keyboard. <laughs> Um, the only one that's really seems like like he's got his thing there is is the bass player who's playing bass and I love his outfit. He's just got like a like a, a green like muscle shirt with red suspenders on and <laughs> it's, I thought that was fun. Or, or oh no, it's not it's not suspenders. It's his uh, the strap to his his bass guitar. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it, I thought it was suspenders, but like they're playing and I love the song even though again it's crazy. It's nothing special, like you said. It's not like like i have to hear this christmas song it's just you know oh okay that's a fun song but i love it because as um 
you know, they'll do the first verse and then they, they jump to um, jingle bells and then they sing the second verse and then they kind of jump to a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer a little bit. And then it does like this weird quasi reggae kind of thing where they start playing Silent Night and then they go to like Wooly Bully out of nowhere. <laughs> it's like the strangest mix of everything I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't understand it, but I'm kind of into it. Yeah, well, and that that's why I spent so much time trying to find, you know, a decent copy of it. Yeah. And it, I just, I, I had no luck. Yeah. And the video itself says that it was released on, um, oh gosh, not, not Electra, um, but uh, it said that it was like on an actual label, but everywhere I've dug, it apparently was never actually released. Um, mm-hmm. Just that promotional reel to reel. So I don't know. I guess they just made it up. And then uh, on the actual, uh, the the reel itself it just says party christmas and then on the video it's called it's a party christmas so i'm not sure what the the full name is if it's party christmas or it's a party christmas but uh yeah it's definitely kind of played into that party vibe that he had going on you know he had those those various songs with with party in the title (laughs) joe if you're listening to this Send us a message. We have yes. questions for you. We we definitely have questions. <laughs> Come on the show. We'll we'll interview you for a bit, and uh, you know, just tell us tell us all the details because we'd love to hear them. <laughs> um, so one thing that I did notice is that as they were fading out, they'd have the MTV logo, of course, decorated for the season. So in that first video in '81 with Billy Squire, it was a red M with white. the The TV was in white, and it kind of had like little icicles dripping down. And then it had like holly berries in uh, in the upper left hand corner, and then a white happy, uh, or excuse me, a green happy holidays sign. And so it was like MTV Happy Holidays. Now in this one, they redesigned it so that as the video was fading out, you had uh, it was like the M was a big Christmas tree, so it was like a green Christmas tree M, and then the the TV was candy cane, and then uh, the Happy Holidays was white. So I thought that was kind of a cool touch. You know, you always got to update the logo and and what you can. So I was looking out for little things like that. But uh, the video itself, again, there's not a whole lot to these videos. It's just kind of them in the rooms, dancing around and playing. Although later on, they do get a little bit weirder. So, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) this one's pretty straightforward, although I did like how he kind of introduced it by, you know, saying, hi, I'm Joe King Carrasco and this is my party present to you and he lifted up like the lid of a present and then we kind of went into the video i thought that was kind of a little cool touch hi i'm joe king carrasco and this is my party present to you and the effects for that for that time weren't bad yeah as opposed to the john anderson (laughs) oh man (laughs) which came years later which should have been much better but should have yeah you can tell they were definitely working on a budget and yeah, very <laughs> small budget. They probably blew most of that on craft services. So <laughs> <laughs> what else do we have? So this next one's actually, uh, it, again, it follows the same vein just in the studio. The, the musician drops by a little bit of a story, I guess. So this is 1983 and we have George Thorogood with Rock and Roll Christmas. Uh, so he had released this one and the B side was uh, it was a New Year's Eve party. That's what it was. 
and that, that was the b-side to this uh i like this song i i it's not my favorite song but i kind of really liked it uh, i noticed there was a huge in the 80s there was like a big nostalgia for the 50s so this kind of played into that you know it's got that same that same vibe of just you know hey let's let we're gonna play a rock and roll song it's gonna be a 12 bar blues and let's go from there you know like like the chuck berry kind of style and so he really played into that which I liked, but I was also a little surprised because, you know, at this point in time, you're so used to George Thorogood with his slide guitar playing like, you know, a crunchy electric sound. And here he doesn't really have that. It's it's more, you know, akin to the the, you know, just that Chuck Berry, you know, early rock and roll style. And I guess it's because the song is called Rock and Roll Christmas. Well, and I'm trying to think, Terminator was the following year, wasn't it? Was that 84? 84, yeah. But, you know, he, he had a few hits prior to that. And uh, I, I think this kind of fit, fit his style or, or his image that, uh, I, I mean, he, you know, he, he was he was one of the you know bad boys of rock and roll at the time. And um, even though his music wasn't nearly as bad as a lot of his con- contemporaries, he's one of those that, you, you know, my mom didn't like us playing him. Oh, but, really? <laughs> <laughs> But the, I think my favorite thing about this video mm-hmm. is uh, John Lee Hooker playing Santa. <laughs> is that who it was? That's awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, this one kind of has a little, I, I, you know, story I'll put in quotes. But it, you know, it starts off with George and, and his sax player. And they're, you know, he's like, hey, man, what are you doing? And, you know, the sax starts off with joy to the world, which is a nice little fun quotation. But then, you know, they're like, oh, I'm getting ready for Christmas. Yeah, I'm going to have a rock and roll Christmas. And then they, you know, they meet outside, then they go you know, inside to the studio. And then it's just him kind of performing again on stage with the sax and the sax player takes off his uh, his big old like tweed uh, uh, overcoat. And (laughs) I mean, it's just it's fun. It's a lot of fun in this video. Yeah, it's it's like a lot of the um, these MTV Christmas videos it's like it's a little party that you get to go to for three mm-hmm. and a half minutes. Cause it's exactly that he's standing outside on the street with the sax player and then the doors open and boom, it's the big, there's, there's all the MTV people. Yeah. And it's a big party. And it's like, they're welcome. You come on in. And, um, and it was, you know, it was a fun little slice and getting one of these every year, it was just, you know, it was a, a nice little thing like MTV sending me a Christmas card every year. Mm-hmm. And they have the, the tree in the background covered in, you know, tinsel because you got to cover it in tinsel in the 80s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And I don't know. I liked it. I, I liked his outfit. I, I it, it wasn't quite a tuxedo, although I noticed his drummer is wearing like a full traditional tuxedo. Uh, I did like how I, his whole band was on stage. But, you know, he's wearing like a like a red like a deep red uh jacket and he has like the red bow tie with the black shirt um he looked pretty hip and he's just playing his as a was it a fender i think maybe i'd have to watch it again but it was i mean it's just it looks again looks like fun not a whole lot you know it's not like uh we can talk about it like you know the the money for nothing video where it's all computer images this is just a standard it's more like a like jump from van halen i guess where it's just kind of them on stage playing and and there was a lot of those in the 80s and i think this one especially kind of captured a little bit better it's got like the square stage right in the center and and everybody else just kind of dancing around and he gets down from the stage and 
all that. Let's have a rock and roll Christmas just like we used to know. Yeah, rock and roll Christmas and I'll be about a mistletoe. We'll rock around the tree. Go Santa, go, go, go. And bringing George Thurgood in was a very interesting choice for MTV. This was 82, 83? 83, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was the Pretenders were big. Duran Duran was huge. There were lots of MTV artists mm-hmm. that were really big that you would have thought they would have brought in for something like this to, to bring in George Thurgood. Very interesting choice. Yeah, and, and again, I'm not quite sure why they did it but i'm I'm glad they did it i like george thurgood he's you know yeah me too fantastic artist uh on this one i noticed at the end as they're fading out you know they kind of pull back and it's supposed to be like they're in a party and of course everybody's doing like a sock hop kind of thing because you know it's it's like that 50s vibe but as they pull out we get again the uh the green you know christmas tree m with the candy cane tv but this time happy holidays now is in red so they didn't really change it. I guess they liked it because they kind of stick with this one for a few years. Yeah, it was, it was great. I don't know. Fun. Yeah. So let's move on to uh, 1984. Now this one, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about this one. This is a, I, I love the song. I think you probably couldn't get away with some of the things Pee Wee Herman got away with. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I do remember seeing the premiere for because, you know, they, they they hyped it up because Pee Wee was in it. Yeah. Um, so I I know this was one that we were keeping an eye out for, and we definitely saw the premiere. And I remember this one as well. I remembered Pee Wee Herman because I I loved Pee Wee Herman at the time, but I had no idea that he was wearing a uh, fake dreadlocks underneath the Santa hat. <laughs> <laughs> this was this one was really a surprise for me because Brian Adams was becoming a. a a big rock star mm-hmm. or pop star at the time. And he had the single Christmas time, which did, was the yeah. one getting airplay. This was the flip side. And it really surprised me that this was the one they went with when the other one was the hit. Maybe they were trying to push this one, uh, hoping he'd get another hit. I don't know. I I really like this song. It's, it's catchy. Yeah. I, I didn't recall the song itself until a few years ago when I heard it again. Um, I just remembered Pee Wee Herman and Brian Adams together. That's like, that's the only thing that's stuck in my mind. But hearing it again, it's like this song is actually a good song. Although Brian Adams singing it is, is a little odd. Um, the song itself was actually written by uh, J- Jim Valance. And then uh, Brian Adams came in and helped co-write the bridge. But he wrote it actually for uh, Ringo Starr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting I'll have to roll that around a little yeah so he uh, uh harry nielsen and ringo star came to like his studio and uh they they were recording a christmas song and they're talking about b-sides and he was like hey i'll write you one and they're like all right go go for it and he wrote this song like the next day that night he went home wrote it and the next day he came in and played it for them and they were like oh that's pretty cool Let, we'll see what we can do with it and they they didn't record it and then ringo later came out with the ringo's reggae uh, that I don't know if you remember that one. So uh, nothing really happened with it. And then in 1984, and Brian Adams found it, and uh, he, he was like, "Yeah, I want to do this, but I think it needs like a bridge. It's kind of missing something." So over the phone, they wrote that bridge, <laughs> and, so, and then he released it. 
why why they chose it i don't know but i i kind of like it because it's quirky and different and uh and just seeing peewee herman uh running around <laughs> in dreadlocks <laughs> yeah, and I, I love the uh peewee leading the original vjs in a conga line <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that makes the video <laughs> I agree. Yes. <laughs> There's something, something about it is just odd. And I think this was like one of the last few years, cause this is 84. This is like one of the last few years that I think JJ Jackson was there. I think he left. I don't know if it's this year or the next year, but, but he left pretty, pretty soon after that. Him and uh, Nina Blackwood left sometime in 86. In 86. Okay. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. Because in that 86 video, we get downtown Julie Brown there. Wubba, right. wubba, wubba. <laughs> <laughs> and she actually she actually sings she, yeah. she, she has a line a solo all to herself <laughs> which again i was not expecting <laughs> oh man so yeah that was 84 and then uh it cuts out to like so the, the it starts off with peewee kind of a I don't know, in a foul mood. And then Brian Adams appears on his TV and is like, Hey, are you going to be in this video or what? And Peewee kind of gives him a little attitude. And then, you know, Brian Adams like snaps his fingers and he's there next to Peewee. And then they go run off to do this video. And as it ends, it seems like it's a big dream, you know, like it, it fades out with like a, you know, the who shot Jr. kind of thing where it's just a, <laughs> or, or a, <laughs> You know, who shot Bobby? Who shot Bobby? That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's Bobby's dream. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, so it's Pee Wee Herman's dream. And, uh, he's talking with Alan, I think. <laughs> and he's like, and it was so much fun. And Brian Adams was there. And then Alan gives him a Mr. T doll and Pee Wee does like a terrible Mr. T impression. And <laughs> it fades out. Pee Wee, wake up. We got to go home. It's Christmas, Pee Wee. Wake up. Alan, I was just in a really cool music video with Brian Adams. Yeah, sure, and Pee-wee, you were there. On. Look, and JJ. And, and... I really want to thank you for helping us out tonight. Hey, Mr. T Doll is great. <laughs> I pity the poor fool who don't give Pee Wee no presents. Yeah, sure, Pee Wee. Come on, we got to get out <laughs> of here. You don't believe me. Sure, it I was do. Cool. All the people from MTV were there. Yeah, of I don't. I don't know if it gets more '80s than uh, MTV, Pee Wee Herman, and Mr. T. <laughs> oh, but of yeah. course, at the very end, after finding out it's all a dream, you see the uh, the Santa hat with the ra- with the dreadlocks with the dread- hanging on yeah. the door. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so this one, the uh, the the logo was still the green Christmas tree M, the candy cane TV, but they went back to a white Happy Holidays. So back to that original version. Um, after this, we get the really strange video, which is <laughs> John Anderson from Yes, Three Ships. This was actually, I didn't remember the video to it at all, like like at all. But this was one of the albums, Ken, that, that I loved and completely forgot to bring up when you were asking me uh, about it. And I, I don't know why, because it's got like, it's got some like just great songs, very, very eighties. Although I think the mix is a little off, but at this point I've heard it so many times now that to me, it's like perfect. Right. You know, it's got like his little daughter singing jingle bells on it. It's, it's got ding dong merrily on high with, it's just like crazy synths, just like this. It's, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of eighties synth, a lot of uh, seventies prog rock and John Anderson. (laughs) I remember 
when this album was coming out, it was uh, on the cover of Billboard magazine. I remember seeing that in the studio mm-hmm. that the label and Billboard thought this was going to be big. Yeah. And that came out and I really liked it. I think the single that they put out was easier said than done. Easier said than original. done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Which was written by Vangelis, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he and Vangelis have a long history together. Yeah. But, um, but it went, it just went nowhere. Yeah. And it went out of print and then it was selling for, you know, on eBay for hundreds of dollars. Ridiculous amounts. To get yeah. a CD. Then like 10, 15 years ago, they re-released it with some bonus a tracks. A lot of bonus tracks, went, yeah. And then it went out of print again. I never knew about it until the re-release. Mm. I would think that today, something like that just leaves the digital version out there. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know why yeah. it's not released on like iTunes or anything. But yeah, this was like one of my favorite albums. Um <laughs> the video is uh yeah. the effects on this video are bananas. <laughs> oh, and d- did you notice they had the like the screens flying by playing the previous videos? The previous videos, yeah. That yeah. was really cool. I didn't remember this video at all. Like this one, I I, I don't know if I trauma blocked it or what, but because <laughs> <laughs> I love the song. It's it's basically it's just I saw three ships. It's like the full version of I saw three ships. It's really cool because he'll sing two verses and then he modulates up. So he you know he's he's singing in a higher key and then another two verses and then again he modulates up, and it kind of goes like that throughout most of the song. It's it's a really cool version of the song. It's but the video's effects are terrible. It kind of starts off with him flying in like a spaceship <laughs> i don't know that makes it sound cooler than it actually is <laughs> yeah well and and that's thing in 85 i mean we were watching mtv constantly right all i all i could think is that they had the premiere for this video and that was it <laughs> yeah. I, I i know i never saw it back then yeah 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 he's he's flying in the spaceship and he's trying to make it look like he's steering, but his hands aren't really close <laughs> aren't to touching the anything. mechanism of the ship. <laughs> Nothing at all. It's like it's hovering above everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can tell they, they didn't really know. It's like in, in that era when uh like when they first started using uh computer effects and and green screens and and you can tell that the actors don't know how to respond yet it's it's very much similar to that <laughs> but then it's a lot of just uh cutaways and of people getting ready for the parties putting on their santa hats and i actually really enjoyed like the you know besides that part the the spaceship part i actually really enjoyed just the video part where they're decorating the tree I, it felt very christmasy to me it uh, felt yeah you know like a fun party that you'd like to be a part of uh and i know we've been saying that about all of them but this one felt like a like more homey because you know they're they're decorating the tree i think uh although it does cut to various offices and like the mtv soundstage and uh you know, they're all getting ready. And I got to say, it looked like John Anderson was uh, enjoying that kiss under the mistletoe with Martha Quinn a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's like fake snow and, uh, you know, of course, the crowd swaying back and forth. And it just seemed really fun. He's got like this white outfit on that's it's very, very 80s. It's like a white jacket, but the pants are... Uh, I don't know, almost like white leopard print or something like that. It's, 
Yeah, it's like some kind of cross between George Michael and Miami Vice. Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was strange, but I I liked it. I I just I think I just really enjoyed the song, and I think my love for the song kind of has uh, has made me biased in favor of the video because <laughs> I know it's not a great video, but. <laughs> Was in those ships all three on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. And what was in those ships all three on Christmas Day in the morning? Our Savior Christ and His Lady on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. Our Savior Christ and His Lady on Christmas Day in the morning. Yeah, but. And and like you said, I, I love the album. The album's one of my favorite Christmas albums, especially from the eighties. Yeah. And that and that was like a full Christmas album, whereas a lot of, you know, as we mentioned on on our previous, you know, a very special Christmas episode, you know, most folks at this time were just releasing like a song or two that were Christmassy. Yeah. Um, and in this case it was like a full album. And some of those tracks are are quite amazing. I, I really enjoy it, but uh yeah. And the video, yeah, again, it's just, you know, there's champagne. There I think there's even a snowball fight in there somewhere or something. <laughs> right? Doesn't he grab like some snowballs or something out of a, a freezer and stuff? Yeah. yeah, somebody did. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's fine. But at the very end, we just get everybody in Santa hats just kind of like a big sound stage. And this is where, uh, again, it reminded me of like the moonlighting episode that you were talking about and where they're just all together and you can see the boom mics and you can see everything. And then he puts the angel on top of the tree and you know, that uh, it's, it's a nice little bit there. So, and this one, I noticed that uh, because this particular one wasn't like the, the premiere of the video is just like, I guess when someone was playing the video, cause we get to Martha, you know, talking to one of the, the guys off screen. And she's asking, you know, did you get me anything? You know, but as it's fading out before it cuts, it's got uh, the red M. So just it went back to the red M from the first one, a white TV. Now, the it, the M has a Santa hat in the upper left corner. So I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know nice. what color the Happy Holidays was because we cut we we cut out before it gets there. But uh, again, they kind of changing it up like you should, I guess, every every time. But. Uh, of the lot this is the one that just it, it it didn't do much for me i yeah yeah i i mean they they with the rest there there's stuff i like about all of them or, or all the others it, this <laughs> it, this just uh i i i'd listened to uh joking carrasco again before playing this one gotcha yeah uh, yeah the video is definitely much more entertaining uh and that brings us finally to the monkeys reunion here and this was just a, a like we said this one was almost like a, a lot of vignettes like each little each little piece that they had because it's a medley it's a it's a christmas medley and they go through we wish you a merry christmas winter wonderland jingle bell rock i saw mommy kissing santa claus uh happy christmas you know war is over and then they they reprise we wish you a merry christmas like each one had little little bits there. I think my favorite was I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus where <laughs> Davy Jones in like a a grayish onesie like union suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Martha in her pajamas like creep downstairs. 
I think that's my favorite, but we get like little fun bits that, that were reminding me of the show, like with Mike riding the tricycle and then kind of, you know, Mike has Santa riding the trike and then kind of falling over, you know, I got, it just, it kind of reminded me of the, the monkeys show quite a bit. Well, and I, I, I grew up watching the monkeys. They, uh, there was at least one or two local stations that had them in reruns mm-hmm. probably up until just a couple years before this video came out. So you know, they, they, they were someone I'd been watching forever. And, um, my mom, you know, she was a teenager when they were in there when they first hit TV. So, right. you know, we, we had their albums in the house when I was growing up. So the, this one, I was really excited about when, when this one came out. Yeah. I, I mean, I was too, this was, uh, the monkeys were so cool. Uh, cause I also watched in reruns, um, I mean, who doesn't remember their theme song? You know, that's like, mm-hmm. like so iconic. Yeah. Um, but this was, this was fun. I, I really enjoyed this one. It's especially seeing the group together, uh, seeing their, you know, their family around them as well. I mean, I thought that was pretty cool. There were a couple very strange things in this, like when they're pulling presents out and Davy pulls out that axe. The axe. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't he get like stuffed inside a, a sack or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there were definitely some some random things but they had the the couch that they're singing the song at and then uh, like i mentioned downtown julie brown you know singing her little bit you know to go riding in a one horse sleigh One thing I did notice about this medley was some of the transitions weren't quite smooth enough for me. Like a lot of them were very jarring. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that was kind of a misstep. I don't know how last minute or, or how planned everything was. Uh, it seemed like they could have spent a little more time just on, on that. But overall, I, I, this one was cool to me. It was so cool. Was just, just to see them back together. And then when he takes off, you know, he starts taking off the beard as they're singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas at the end. They're all together and he starts taking off the beard and the hat. And, uh, <laughs> and then Peter, Peter uh, Torque, you know, he kind of holds that stomach he had to wear for the, the, the fat suit. And it's, <laughs> it's just, it was great. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I said this already, but I was so surprised that this didn't get released as a single. Yeah. Because they were hot again and this would have been, it would have been a hit. Yeah, I agree. I I think so too. Yeah, and I, I think the only kind of official release of this medley was on a, a compilation, kind of a gray market type thing. Uh, um, I, I have seen it. It's just, I don't know. The real uh, uh, provenance of the uh, <laughs> of the CD because it, it has a lot of stuff that um, didn't come from albums. Ah, uh, so someone was ripping the <laughs> ripping the music. Gotcha. <laughs>
Oh man. And then of course, uh, so those are like the in-house videos from 81 to 86. And then they kind of stopped after, uh, after they got sold, um, after the station got sold. But of course there were a few other Christmas episodes or, or episodes, Christmas videos released. So, you know, wham last Christmas where they're at the, the ski resort and, you know, that's a real famous one. There was, um, do they know it's Christmas? That's another really famous one that got released. And, those ones I think were okay. That one is is very much We Are the World. It's uh, I mean I know We Are the World came after, but I mean it's just that same style. Everybody just kind of in the in the studio. I, I get it. They had a limited budget. You know, the things were donated. They were trying to raise money, and so hey, let's just film us all and call it a video. You know, uh, and and that's kind of how these feel as well. Very yeah, very uh, very low budget. <laughs> whether it's whether it's <clears throat> just them in a big room with the with the MTV crowd or whether it's the special effects in the John Anderson movies, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I don't know if we can call them special. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand. Uh, yeah. So but you know it does make me make me wonder what would you guys say would be your hap hap happiest like memory or moment with MTV in general or if you want to talk one of these videos specifically, that's fine. I'd say just with the with these videos, it definitely my first time seeing uh, Christmas is the time to say I love you because mm. we were my brother and I we were huge Billy Squire fans at the time, and you know this it, it predated uh, well, a very special Christmas by six years, so right. it was the coolest Christmas song that you could listen to. I mean, there are other rock Christmas songs, but as far as people who we consider to be our music, mm-hmm. uh, this was the first really big one. And um, yeah, it, it's that, that one's, it, it's just stuck with me since then. Which again, makes me wonder like, why wasn't that chosen for the album? I don't know if they just forgot it or they wanted something newer or fresher. I don't know, but I think that would have mm-hmm. been a good fit on that album. Yeah. What about you, Ken? Um, my favorite MTV moment probably would have to be live aid oh it was just, yeah it was just mm-hmm. eh, my my favorite and and my most hated at the same time because there were so many amazing performances that these guys are talking through oh yeah <laughs> i remember one in particular where where mark goodman is talking about nothing in particular and crosby stills nash and young are back together performing over his shoulder and he even mentions that that's going on but he's talking about other stuff and i was just like shut up come on (laughs) but but overall it was just that was an amazing day of music yeah that Mm -hmm. i i had never experienced anything like that and it was mtv that brought it so for me, and, and that's amazing, because uh, that was the, those concerts, uh, the series of concerts were just phenomenal. Just every artist just knocked it out of the park. But for me, I think I think it has to be um, we had an old Betamax uh, video recorder <laughs> and we recorded, you know, we probably shouldn't have, but we would record the videos off of MTV. And so we had like like tapes just full of videos that were our favorites. <laughs> Um, that they would show and it 
up until like two or three years ago, it still worked. And so randomly, whenever we'd go visit our folks, it's like, hey, hey, let's go, you know, let's watch some of these old videos. And it was like, yeah, these are so cool. And I just remember, you know, like, oh, this video is on. We got to add it to the tapes (laughs) and recording it. And my dad would just, you know, do his magic and, and get it all recorded and edit it. And uh, that was like one of the coolest things in the world to me. And uh, I, I really wish our Betamax uh, players still worked because it'd be fun to, to pop them in again. It's, it's been several years now and it's, it's kind of a bummer, but that would be, I think my happiest moment is just sitting there and planning out, okay, what are we going to put next? It was almost like a mixtape, but with videos, which right. you know, nowadays you can do no, no big deal. But back then, you know, you had to plan it out pretty perfectly. <laughs> we, we, we we had those we 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 had those drawers for full of tapes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did too. But that now brings me to my favorite part of the show, which is a little segment I like to call "Gag Me with the Spoon." So this is where we do our best impression of our least favorite part of the episode. Uh, as as a guest, I'll let you go first. Just kind of set up which one you're going to do for us, uh, Scott. If you want to start us off, I'll just preface this by saying every time I watch these videos, I was half asleep. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I got to go with Joaquin Carrasco. Okay, it's a party Christmas. <laughs> a party party Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> And that's about all I remember from it. <laughs> yep, yeah, I get it. <laughs> what about you, Ken? The cringiest to me is, and I'm not going to sing it because I don't want people to stop listening to your podcast. <laughs> but the, the cringiest is lyrics from Band Aid. Do they know it's Christmas? Okay, where they where they say, "Thank God it's them instead of you." <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, that is get, a bit much. I get the idea, but oh, that just every and it, I, I like what they were trying to do with that song and with the reunion songs that they've done since then. But every time I hear that, I just like, oh, that's, <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas. Thank God that they're having a rough time and you're not. yeah yeah they could have worded that a little bit better yeah yeah (laughs) another instead of like just be grateful for what you have it's like no 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 right (laughs) i get you i'm i'm not a songwriter i have lots of respect for bob geldoff and i have no idea what kind of pressure he was under to get this done quickly or, or or what but i just oh i just hear that line and i just oh god (laughs) <laughs> well uh the, and that's a good one for me uh i actually chose uh, a peewee herman line <laughs> so this is after uh he's been handed you know he, he wakes up it's a dream he's been handed the mr t doll <laughs> and he says uh i pity the fool who don't give peewee no presents <laughs> it's like come on <laughs> It's like, okay, first you wore the dreads and now you're doing Mr. T. That's uh, no thanks. (laughs) Oh, man. But, you know, it does uh, it does make me wonder. So G.I. Joe taught us that uh, knowing is half the battle. What do you think the other half is? I'd say VJs are the key to a really cool Christmas. Yep. I'd just say that Christmas music is fun. And all of these videos that we talked about that's what they're having and that's what they're inviting you to have is fun with them at Christmas with music. 
Yeah. Yeah. Those are both better than mine. I thought uh, if knowing is half the battle, the other half is just getting the band back together for a Christmas gig. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Guys, it's been a lot of fun talking with you about uh, MTV and these videos, but you know, tell me about your shows. What do you want to plug? Uh, For me um, in March, I'm, I'm covering the, Japanese folk artist uh, Iruka. Uh, she was also, or is also, a children's author. Uh, she does like uh, picture books for kids. Um, she's got a couple Christmas albums. First one came out in '77. The other one came out in 1990. Oh wow! She's uh, very interesting. Pretty fantastic singer. So they should be a couple of really good episodes. I'm really looking forward to uh, getting those out there. Nice. And uh, where can they find you? Uh, my podcast is Holly Jolly Xmasu. Uh, it's the, it's your, you know, podcast destination for Japanese Christmas music. I'm on, uh, iTunes, Amazon, all the, uh, major podcast labels or carriers and social media. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can email me at Holly Jolly Xmasu at gmail.com. Right on. What about you, Ken? Um, I have, uh, has several things in the works for the sounds of Christmas podcast, but nothing confirmed. So I don't want to tease anything that that, that might end up not happening. Um, But I, the sounds of Christmas podcast is usually me interviewing somebody in music, usually a singer or musician or somehow connected to Christmas music. Uh, sometimes I'll just get on there and talk about something that I'm very passionate about that goes with Christmas music. Recently, I did a thing about the Beatles Christmas singles, but it's that kind of thing. Uh, I also run the Sounds of Christmas online radio station, and we're on year-round playing, as I like to say, the best variety of Christmas music all year long, except in October when we play the best variety of Halloween music. Oh, nice. You can find all of that stuff at soundsofchristmas.com. Cool. And uh, social media? Uh, SOC Music on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Right on. Yeah, definitely check out both those shows. Uh, there's some really, really, really fun episodes on both of them. And if you uh, if you stick around for all of them, you might hear yours truly on a couple of <laughs> on both those shows as well. <laughs> um guys thanks again it's been it was a lot of fun just really digging back into this the memories were amazing so thanks thanks for coming on thank you jerry this was fun yep thanks jerry really really enjoyed it and uh i'll end it by saying um peewee wake up we gotta go home it's christmas peewee wake up so check us out on our social media pages facebook and instagram at totally rad christmas and twitter at rad christmas and if you're feeling like davy and martha creeping downstairs to see if santa's come yet Leave us a review on iTunes. Not only does it help us reach more people, but you also get a free sticker. Now, don't forget to check out our merch shop on tpublic.com and our brand new website, totallyradchristmas.com, courtesy of Tis the Podcast Elf, Tom Crow. We wish you a party Christmas and a reggae new year to you. Later, dudes. Hi, this is Scott from Holly Jolly Xmasu, your podcast destination for Japanese Christmas music. If you like Christmas music and are tired of the same old songs, this is the podcast for you. Join me each month as I explore my collection of Yuletide albums from Japan, featuring everything from city pop to 80s rock, long lost jazz, and psychedelic garage rock. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts.
It's some of the greatest Christmas music you've never heard. 